All right, it's that time again. Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. Today on the podcast, we're going to break down the girls' basketball playoffs. Had the first round of games, the opening round of regional competition last night on Tuesday. Generally, there's not a whole lot of upsets. Many of the top seeds, especially in the upper divisions, receive buys. But we're going to break down a, a general girls' basketball playoff preview coming up shortly with our guy Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer and content manager at WSN. Um, so make sure you stay tuned to that. But before we do that, let's remind everybody out there, especially as folks are driving to these playoff games, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increased vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength through a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get a deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers. Chicago Cubs, LA Clippers, USA Powerlifting Team, Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and more. Well, on uh, our preview today, as we get things broken down, we're going to go division by division and uh, take a look at some of the favorites, take a look at some of the contenders, take a look at some of the dark horses, players to watch, get it all broken down. Uh, again, bringing on now Norbert Durst, our content manager and girls basketball writer at Wisports.net. Norb, thanks for uh, taking some time today. Yeah, of course. Well, we got the the controversial part out of the way last week, right? When we uh, when we did a uh, a podcast talking about some of the seed, um, you know, results and and results of the automatic seeding and computer seeding. So uh, everything will be smooth sailing from here, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, of course. There, there'll be no no more talk about seeds or you know whatever anything regards to that. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get right into it, though. And let's start with the smallest division, which features the most amount of games. They're pretty full brackets in Division five, um, where, again, we did see more uh, D5 games last night uh, because they have more brackets. Uh, nothing, nothing too staggering. I didn't think, Norb, as we looked around, as, as you and I were chatting, I counted it up, I believe, in general across uh, all divisions. Visiting teams went something like 24 in 115. So not a lot of success by those lower rated teams. And that does feature, you know, some eight, nine matchups, seven, 10, four, five, maybe. Um, so not a lot of success by some of those road teams overall, but let's look at division five specifically Norb. And I don't know, you, you tell me, where do we want to take it? Do we want to go sectional by sectional? Do you want to just kind of talk uh, overall favorites? How, how do we want to break down D5? Oh, we could go sectional by sectional. It's probably just easier to do it that way. Um, we'll start, obviously, uh, we'll start with sectional one. Uh, again, th this one opens a door uh, for a lot of teams in section one because McDonald Central's in division four this year. Um, you know, I, I do think Clear Lake is the favorite in the sectional, but, you know, you got uh, South Shore that's, you know, had a great season as well. Only a couple losses for them. And then, you know, I think there's a, a, a few uh, other teams out of the Lakeland Conference, namely uh, Turtle Lake, that maybe could get through that that sectional. But but certainly wide open now that, again, McDonald Central's in Division Four. And as we go to sectional two, 
Uh, you know, Assumption left that sectional, moved to sectional four this year. And, you know, that opens things up as well. And while initially maybe it was a uh, Wabino Leona or uh, Athens maybe thinking about coming out of that sectional, but I think uh, Pacelli's proven that they're the team to beat. Uh, you know, uh, some really good freshmen on that squad. And, you know, the nice win over St. Mary Catholic, who uh, is one of the top teams in Division Four. Uh, so, you know, it's – but, you know, while – while they, they are the favorite, you know, plenty of those other teams out of the CWC South uh, could knock them off. Pittsville, I believe, only lost to them by a couple points. Alvin Bancroft also gave them a pretty good test. So, um, you know, it's going to be still uh, interesting to see who gets out of that sectional. And as we swing over to sectional number three, you know, the big one there is Argyle Pacatonica, a team uh, in their first year of a co-op uh, coached by Jen Wellnitz, you know, uh, really good program there. You know, it's as, as mentioned, you know, neither squad was all that good last year. You bring the two together. Uh, Kylie Butler's their, their leader, Brooke Wellnitz, uh, Jen's younger sister. Those two players are their top players. And, you know, they're, they've, they've showed throughout the year that they're, they're not just a good team in their conference, but obviously they're going to be ready to uh, try to take home a gold ball uh, come uh, next month. And as we shift to sectional four, that's the deepest of the four sectionals in division five where you got Assumption, you got Randolph, you got Oakfield, Lords Academy, Albany, Monticello, uh, you know, just a, a very deep sectional. And, you know, it's while Assumption rattled off, I think their first 20 wins of the year uh, without a loss, you know, they have lost a couple games, but uh, they were without Sarah Shaw, their their top player, uh, one of the state leader or near, maybe she has a state leader in steals per game this year. Um, so just that, that, uh, not having her out there for those losses and while they were by, you know, uh, I think 30 points to Aquinas and about 22, uh, Pacelli, I do think there's a huge difference when Sarah's on the court. So I think they're still, still the favorite, but you know, there, there's plenty of other teams as mentioned that could get out of that sectional four, just because again, uh, so deep, especially the top half of that sectional. All right. As we look at sectional four, and, and again, you uh, you talk about how deep that sectional is, and, and maybe just any of the sectionals. Are there any teams outside of, let's say, the top two seeds uh, in a sectional that would be considered dark horses? And especially when we when we look at Division Five, sometimes we see that drop down effect. Teams that participate in a league with maybe D three and D four type of teams. Uh, don't have the greatest record, don't have the greatest seed, but they're well-tested and put it together come playoff time. Is there anybody like that in Division Five, or is it really, you know, those those top-tier teams are are ones that we expect to dominate and get through? Well, I think we do expect the top tier to get through, but as, as you know, we talked about, you know, some of those sectionals had some teams move, so I think it could be a turtle lake. As you know, I think I mentioned uh, in, in sectional one there, you know, uh, you know, they, they're fourth in the Lakeland West, but, you know, that, that conference has uh, clearly clear Lake in it, you know, and uh, a couple other uh, larger schools, Grantsburg's in there. I think uh, Shell Lake's a division sports school that's in there. So, you know, they do play some teams in, in upper divisions, and that certainly uh, should help them out when it comes down to playoff time to maybe squeak through and, and get a win. Or, you know, maybe it's Wabino Leona again this year. Last year they got to the state tournament with, you know, not great record. And they certainly uh, could put a, a run together in sectional two to get there as well. 
All right, Norm, Division 5, you've, you've talked about going through some of these teams, some of the top players to, to keep an eye on in Division 5, but any individuals that, that maybe haven't been mentioned yet in Division 5 that uh, are, are going to be difference makers for their teams? Yeah, certainly. And I know we, we mentioned uh, uh, Sarah Shaw from, from uh, Assumption. Others, you know, that are having big seasons to mention, you know, we did mention Brooke Wellnitz and uh, Kylie Butler out of Argyle Peck. Mara Gruen from Royals having a very outstanding year. You know, she's got over a thousand points and a thousand rebounds, you know, not something that usually happens out of guards. Um, but, you know, she's definitely putting up a very good uh, season for them. So I think those are the the few that I probably mentioned, uh, maybe an Eva Brooks out of Lena. Uh, Lena has been ranked the last few weeks in, in division five. And, you know, she's definitely been putting up some outstanding numbers. Sophia Coker has kind of been uh, keeping that, that Athens team afloat while, you know, they've lost some big games early. They they're, they're back to playing some pretty good basketball lately. All right. Division five, you, you uh, included these in your divisional previews and they're also in our WSN staff and media partner picks. But for those that maybe didn't see them, what are your picks for state tournament teams in division five and ultimately championship matchup and winners in D five? Yeah, I have uh, Argyle, Pecatonica, Clear Lake, Assumption and Pacelli getting to the state tournament. I have uh, Argyle Pecatonica beating Assumption in the state championship game. As I made my picks, I took Assumption over Argyle Peck uh, with Clear Lake and Pacelli also getting to the state tournament. By the way, Norb, I don't know if you looked at everybody's picks on that um, staff and, and media partner picks, but Colton, I think, was uh, claiming that you copied his homework or something because his uh, your picks look awful familiar to his, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing maybe it was the other way around. Yeah, I think that's about the only way that's going to happen there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Division Four, um, where again some added depth in Division Four with some teams moving up there, including the state champion from last year in Division Five, McDonald Central, but also a, a strong powerhouse team like Aquinas moved up out of D four into D three. So, Division Four. Uh, you can go ahead uh, and, as we did in D5, start in sectional one and give us uh, your take on sectional one and gen, uh, just in general, division four. You know, I, I'll start with just how many teams are just always so good in division four, you know, and, you know, that's maybe perspective too a little bit, you know, like depends on what teams you're playing throughout the year, but there are uh, several teams that have pretty good winning streaks uh, heading into the postseason. bonduel has got 21. Phillips 16 and Phillips hasn't been ranked all season. So, you know, there's definitely high quality of teams in division four. And as we start off in sectional one, uh, McDonald central, who was last year's division division five state champion, uh, they're still the favorite in that sectional, uh, but fall Creek uh, who beat them once this year. And, and now the other contest, I believe they lost by 20. So a big change in games there. Uh, fall Creek certainly could get through that, that sectional as well, but you know, that's definitely uh, McDonald Central to lose, in my opinion. I just think, you know, the, the experience, the depth, Emily Cooper leading the way for them, averaging nearly 18 points per game, is really just the difference between them and some of the other teams in that sectional. And uh, as we uh, shift here to sectional number two, you know, it's a team that we have uh, talked about a fair amount in the past, Laconia. Uh, 
I, well, I guess we're going to talk about a seed here, Travis. They got the two seed in that in in, uh, in in sectional number two there, but you know they're, they're still the team to beat in in uh, sectional two. Uh, St. Mary Catholic got the one seed, um, and you know they've shown that maybe a, a little bit better than e even I expected, I guess, too, with that nice win over Oostburg, uh just recently. But you know I think think the depth especially in the top grouping in, in uh, that sectional two, just so tough. Uh, you know, Laconi's in there. We mentioned St. Mary Catholic. Kiwani's only got two losses. And Sheboygan Lutheran, who's played very good teams in that sectional, ranked number six in the coaches' poll. And Bonduel, who, who I already mentioned, had 21-game winning streaks, also in there. So just a very, very difficult grouping. But, you know, the depth of Laconia, you know, is really just the big difference for them because they just, top to bottom, they're just so strong, you know led by uh, uh, Tyranny Madigan, you know, Aubrey Leonard's playing outstanding basketball for them, Finley Morgan, Peyton Morgan. I mean, they just, they got some players that can compete on both ends of the floor and, you know, with losing just one in-state game and that was to Edgewood. It, it proved that because of, you know, just the, the level of talent they played, whether it's in-state or out-of-state. And as we go here to sectional number three, you know, uh, Neilsville is a team that we've we've seen a lot in the past. Uh, they got a one seed. New Glarus got a one seed. While uh, I think there could be an argument for Cuba City and Westfield uh, getting uh, one seeds in front of them, but you know that's part of the uh, computer formula there. But uh, could be very competitive there. I do think Cuba City is the favorite, uh, led by Olivia Olson. You know, just putting it together on both sides of the floor. Uh, but you know, you got uh, teams like M Mineral Point who. A while uh, haven't been ranked. I don't think they were ranked at all this year. 19 and four record, and you know uh, they beat uh, Nuclearis by a fair amount when they played them earlier this season. So you know there's some pretty good depth. And sectional three in Division Four is historically uh, pretty strong when you got the likes of Cuba City, uh, Mineral Point in, in the mix there. Um, and as we shift here to sectional number four, uh, you know not nearly as deep as those other sectionals in my opinion. Um, the Prairie School is a clear favorite. Uh, Winnebago Lutheran, I think, is the next best team in that sectional. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, the Prairie School is looking to get back to the state tournament. They got there, uh, I believe, about 10 years ago. And last year they were they were blocked by, by Laconia. And now with them being in separate sectionals, maybe there's a shot they can meet up at the state tournament. And, uh, you know, I think that could be one heck of a contest if they if they do beat at the state tournament. Uh, so, you know, that, that kind of breaks down for them. But for for uh, the Prairie School, led by J.J. Barnes, high-level Division One prospect, um, you know, maybe not as many high-level kids in that sectional, but, you know, the Prairie School and, Wisconsin, and Winnebago Lutheran definitely have uh, some very good kids on their teams. The Prairie School looking to get back to the state tournament for the first time since Gabby Ortiz was running things for uh, for the Hawks, um, going, going back to sectional, what was it? Sectional two. I mean, how, how would you like to be Bonduel? You've won. Uh, what, what, what's their winning streak at? Did you say right now? Games. 16 or 21 games, 21 games in a row. Congratulations. You're a three seed and your regional final is against the defending state champions who return a ton from last year. So just, uh, an illustration of how strong that group is in sectional number two in, uh, in just in general in division four um just imagine i mean I, I mentioned you know and you mentioned mcdonald central moving up this year to division four just think if aquinas had stayed in division four even that much stronger 
uh, a group those teams would have been. All right, Norm, uh, your picks for state tournament out of Division Four. I have Laconia, Cuba City, the Prairie School, and McDonald Central getting to the state tournament with Laconia beating the Prairie School in the championship game. I was uh, I bucked the trend a little bit uh, in Division Four. I do have Laconia and La Prairie School in the the title game. I picked Laconia to win it, but I did take Fall Creek over McDonald Central, and I did take Westfield over Cuba City in their respective sectionals. I think I was the only one to take Fall Creek, and maybe one of only two that uh, that picked Westfield to get there. So uh, went against the grain a little bit in oh, those are, Division those Four. Those are uh, quality uh, picks there as well because that Westfield team. Uh, you know, they play good teams and that's, that's why they have three losses. So, I mean, you know, Carly drew really can fill it up for them and Hattie Shawin, um, a, you know, really good point guard and that a little shout out to Luke Shawin, uh, graduate of North Crawford. So nice to give the Ridge and Valley a shout out on the podcast. Um, was it two, did they make state two years, uh, two years ago? Yes. They made it back to back years and then it back would have been the COVID year and then the year after. And I mean, Carly Drew and Hattie Shawin were key contributors on those teams as really young kids. And obviously now they're kind of upperclassmen looking to get them, uh, get them back to the state tournament in division four. All right. Division three, we've got uh, an undefeated team. We've got the defending state champions. We've got a powerhouse Aquinas moving up to division three. Take us through D three North. Yeah, you mentioned Aquinas. That we'll we'll just start there in sectional one. Um, you know, there is that undefeated Elkbound squad in uh, in sectional one that you know they have beat some good opponents. You know, they they beat Altoona, they beat Somerset, they beat Baldwin Woodville. So I think they have beat those high level opponents in non conference. But uh, I think body works still. I think you have to play those teams twice as those teams do in the middle border conference, you know, I think there probably would be a loss in Elk Mound's record, which sometimes will help a team in the postseason. But I think, you know, the way Aquinas just knows how to win basketball games coached by Dave Donarski, you know, led by Sammy Davis, uh, she averages only over 22 points per game. Um, you know, depth is maybe a concern if there is one for them where, you know, Maddie Murphy is one heck of a shooter. Um, Averages over 14 a game, and the freshman point guard Ava Fernholtz uh, holds it down in the backcourt for him. But you know they don't have a ton of depth, so I think that's probably one issue for them. But you know they've done that in the past as well and got to the state tournament. And you know I think they they noticed an opportunity, and that's probably why they moved up to Division Three this year because you know in Division Four when you're in that grouping that you know might have uh, Cuba City, Mineral Point, Westfield, uh, it it would be maybe a reason to to try to find a little bit better of a path for them. But, you know, certainly still not going to be easy because, you know, the likes of Elk Mound, uh, Altoona, Somerset, Baldwin, Woodville, you know, there's some good good quality opponents still in that sectional. And as we shift to sectional number two, a uh, sectional that's usually been dominated by Freedom. Last year, uh, Kewaskum came out of it and won the Division Three state title. Um, but, uh, you know, n- not quite as strong, I think, as, as it's been in the past. Uh, Freedom's a bit down. They have had some injuries. Um, you know, Win- uh, Wittenberg, Bernamwood uh, only have two losses. Those are Bull to Bonduel. Um, obviously, you know, a quality Division Four team. Uh, Xavier, I think, is the, the team to beat in sectional two. Uh, you know, they do have seven losses, but, you know, they play in the Bay Conference. Uh, they've also played uh, a quality non-conference schedule, which certainly helps this time of the year. 
Um, you know, I think again, their depth is, is better than most teams in, in the sectional as well. Um, so that's, I think going to help them in the long run when you got Carson Stempa and Hallie Van, Van de Hey, you know, leading the way for them. So, but it, it certainly could be, you know, a sleeper team as well. Cause you know, you got teams like Wrightstown that they've got their to the state tournament in the past. And, um, you know, while they're not as good as they've been in the past, certainly, you know, it's still a team that, that has enough ammo on offense to, uh, to knock off some, some quality opponents. And as we shift to sectional three, again, the sectional three in division three, uh, this one is historically the strongest, um, something like, uh, I don't know, eight of the last 10 or something like that. State champions have came out of the sectional. Um, Wapon is certainly the favorite in the sectional. Um, you know, they won the state title two years ago, got back to the state, uh, state uh, tournament last year, but lost to Milwaukee Academy of Science. But then, you know, got, got teams like Edgewood. Edgewood, uh, two of their three losses are to McFarland and their other losses to Arrowhead. And, you know, they've also played other quality non-conference opponents as well. And I really think it does come down to an Edgewood and Wapon in that sectional. And, you know, when it comes down to it, it's it's really a matter of how good the high-level kids for Wapon are playing, namely Kale Peterson. And, you know, she's a player that can certainly uh, uh, stuff up the stat sheet, you know, dominate on offense and defense. Uh, but usually when they're when she's going, that team's a really tough team to beat. And, you know, that's going to be a problem for those other teams in, in the sectional. But, you know, uh, when you're talking about Edgewood, they got really good depth. Anna Miller uh, scoring the ball really well for them. For Edgewood, Tia Fernandez leading the way in the backcourt for them. And, you know, it's uh, they're definitely going to be a tough team as well. But I just think the three-headed monster of of Kale Peterson, Gracie Gopalan, and Liddy Alzma is just going to be a little bit too much for the rest of the teams in that sectional. And as we finish off here in sectional number four, uh, really, really uh, probably a tad deeper, um, at least at the top, um, than other sectionals when you got Catholic Memorial, who has been ranked number one, the majority, uh, well, at least the half, the last uh, half of the season in, in Division Three, um, ranked number one, that is. Oostburg, uh, they rattled off, I think it was 20 straight wins or 21 straight wins before losing their, their uh, regular season finale to St. Mary Catholic. And then, you know, you got uh, Kettle Ryan Lutheran, uh, who beat Wapon. Uh, earlier in the year, you know, they shared that conference title with them. And, you know, they've also went out and played other good quality non-conference teams. And, you know, uh, while they did get a two-seed Milwaukee Academy of Science with nine losses, you know, they're a team that that certainly never shies away from, from quality opponents. And then as far as a couple other notables, I mean, Dominican, uh, uh, this one's probably the most notable as far as a team not uh, seeded one or two. You know, 18 and six record. They're a team that got to the state tournament here a couple of years ago, uh, and and certainly have enough firepower to get there. Led by Kiana McGee, who helped them get to state. Uh, like I said, that just a couple of years ago for them. So really, could be interesting to see comes who comes out of that because I do think you know when you're talking about Oostburg Catholic Memorial, Catamarine Luther, and even you know Milwaukee Academy of Science, some really tough teams in sectional four. All right, sectional, uh, excuse me, division three. Are you looking at Wapan as a repeat champion in division three? Or excuse me, Kiwaskin won last year. Are, are we looking at uh, Wapan taking it this year? Well, that's my pick. Uh, you know, I, I, it's hard to pick against Wapan when it comes to just how good they, they are capable of playing. Certainly can lose to teams that maybe they shouldn't occasionally. But um, the other teams I have getting into the state tournament are Xavier, 
Cumberland uh, Lutheran and Aquinas. And I have Wapon beating Cumberland Lutheran in the state championship game. And, you know, that's that's a couple teams from the same play, same uh, conference. So I'm sure that would get things stirring a bit. Wapon at the state tournament last year. Um, help me if I if I remember that game correctly. That was a tough shooting game for Wapon when they played and lost to Academy of Science, wasn't it? Yes, uh, it was. I, I believe they started that game really quick, and then just, you know, they just could not find the bottom of the net uh, later in the game. It's, you know, just one of those games for Wapon where, you know, the, the shots just didn't fall. Yeah, looking back, uh, I pulled up the, the box score. Kale Peterson was one for 10 from three. Lydia Osma was one for eight. They combined eight for 43 overall. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah, tough, tough, uh, tough shooting. And that's, you know, we see that sometimes. We've talked about it before that even though Wapan had experience from a state championship the year before, you know, that stage, that big stage, the bright lights, the different environment, the, the different backdrop and shooting background, it can be tough to uh to to make a lot of shots at the state tournament yeah definitely you know and it's one of those things where maybe the other team in those situations wants it a little bit more and you're just you know settling for jump shots as you know sometimes Wapon will do division three i had i I, again i went a little uh against the the grain here um i had Wapon winning over elk mound so i i think i was one of the few people that had elk mound coming out over uh aquinas uh, and then I had Xavier and Catholic Memorial as the uh, other representatives at the state tournament. Before we move on, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Again, I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at wisports.net. Norbert Durst is our uh, our guest on the podcast today. He's our girls basketball expert at WSN as we're breaking down each of the divisions heading into uh, the regional semifinals coming up on Friday. Division two, Norb, uh, it has been dominated by, you know, a pretty select group of teams the last few years, including Notre Dame and Pewaukee really controlling this division, meeting in the state championship game a couple of times, uh, take us through division two and ultimately what, what a lot of people are expecting which is another showdown between Pewaukee and Notre Dame. Yeah, we'll start here in sectional one. Uh, Notre Dame moved into this sectional. They were in sectional two last season. So that really, you know, shut the door a little bit on, you know, teams like Lakeland or, you know, a sleeper team like Rice Lake to get to the state tournament. Uh, Menominee also in the mix there. But, uh, you know, it, it's Notre Dame's to lose clearly. I mean, you know, a team that has lost only four uh Four games. The senior class has only lost, lost four games in their high school career. Uh, you know, when you're three-time defending state champions, uh, it's tough to match any of those numbers. But you know, Menominee did did battle uh, Notre Dame pretty good. Was it uh, two years ago when they got to the state tournament? Um, but you know, it, it's Notre Dame's to lose. Um, you know, Gracie Grash, Trista Feta lead the way for them. Uh, you know, but they also have several others that can fill up the the scorebook as well. Um, and Coach Sarah Rohde, you know, she's not only is uh, Notre Dame trying to win four straight, become the first uh, girls basketball team ever to win four straight state titles. Sarah Rohde's trying to join a, an elite squad, elite group as well. Uh, you know, she's got five state titles currently. If if Notre Dame can win this year, that would put her at 
six, obviously, and that would tie Jim Myers, the former Barneveld head coach, for second all-time, and Jeff Bustina holds the record with nine. So, I mean, you know, it's it's a really big deal, obviously, to not just get to the state tournament, but to take home the gold ball. But, you know, it'd be pretty historic if they can finish it out. Uh, but let's first, let's, let's talk about the other uh, sectionals as well, because, uh, you know, the team out of this sectional, Pewaukee, that moved from four to Tech, uh, sectional four to sectional two this year, you know, they got their, their sights set on taking home that gold ball and ending the, the, uh, uh, the reign of Notre Dame atop, atop of division two, you know, that's a team that, that handed uh, Notre Dame its only loss this season. You know, they're, they're just that good. Uh, I better probably overall depth than what Notre Dame has. And, you know, Amy Terrian, uh, just a phenomenal player. Uh, she's uh, committed to Michigan state. And, you know, she can really shoot it from the outside. She's She can make plays. She can also do it on defense. In that win over Notre Dame to start the season, she had 13 consecutive points for, for Pewaukee. So just a player that that uh, can take over a game and even against the highest level of opponents, really not miss very many shots. And I think it was Hortonville uh, when they beat them at uh, the Cutter Moraine uh, showcase in the fall uh, that uh, – you know, I, I don't think she only she only missed, I think, two shots and, and scored over 30 points. So it just shows the, the capability she has. And you got to also mention uh, her twin sister, Anna Tarian, who who can shoot it as well. Um, and also Janelle Janowski, who, you know, she's a much improved offensive player and just a dominant defender. And that's that's why, you know, that potential. A rematch between Pewaukee and Notre Dame in the state championship game could be one of those epic ones. But, you know, uh, teams like Beaver Dam, you know, they're trying to say, well, let's try to find a way to sneak a win over Pewaukee. You know, that they, Beaver Dam is not, you know, maybe to the level they have been when, you know, they, they won their, their state titles, won three straight, of course. But, you know, they still have a very good team that knows how to win. And, you know, that's a lot of times one of the biggest things with those good teams that have really good players, it's understanding how to win those big games. And, you know, Gabby Wilkie's certainly been part of that, and she's leading the way for them. Natalia Donaldson, very good player as well for that Beaver Dam squad. But, you know, it's going to be tough to knock off that Pewaukee team that, you know, they they not only win a lot of games, they play a very difficult schedule. I believe we talked about their schedule earlier in the year, not just playing in the Woodland West where you get to play Pewaukee a couple times, Wisconsin Lutheran a couple times. Um but, you know, they play Arrowhead. They just beat them over uh, this last Saturday. And it, it just seemed like one of those games where it didn't seem like Arrowhead necessarily played bad, but Pewaukee just, they just wear you down. And, you know, when they start making a shot after shot and defending it and getting almost every rebound, it seems, you know, they're just a tough team to beat. And let's uh, finish up here. Uh, well, finish up. We, we still got two sectionals to go, but obviously the, the top ones we've already talked about here with Pewaukee and Notre Dame. McFarland uh, definitely wants to to uh, get back to the state tournament. You know, they played outstanding last year against Notre Dame. Uh, Tegan Mullaney, one of the Miss Basketball finalists, um, you know, outstanding player for them, can really score it. It just, for them, it's a matter of, are they going to get enough out of the rest of their, their players? Because at times, you know, depth is an issue for them. Um, to get through there, they're going to have to beat the likes of, you know, maybe a Monona Grove, who uh, they beat uh, McFarland in a triple overtime thriller earlier in the year. So, I mean, that could be one heck of a, a sectional semifinal contest there. But, you know, you got West Salem, who they moved up from Division Three to Division Two this year. And, you know, they're 20-4. and four. They might not, you know, play in this 
same level of teams in their conference, but they did go out and play some pretty good non-conference teams that show that they're ready to compete in uh, Division Two. And, you know, then you got maybe a sleeper team in a DeForest uh, uh, Norsky squad that that knocked off Monona Grove here just uh, last week that, you know, again, in that Badger large, I, I just think personally that you know, that's a very strong, very strong conference. And it, I think it showed throughout the year, not just in their conference play, but when they went out and played other teams non-conference, you know, I, I feel like they, they did fairly well and, and showed that they're a very strong conference. And as we shift here to sectional four, four to finish up division two, a really, really tough grouping in the top half of the, of, uh, of sectional four, you know, usually we have a uh, pious who has a little bit more of a easier path to get to a sectional final, at least now, they're in a grouping that has Wabotosi East. They have Wisconsin Lutheran. They have Whitefish Bay. And all those teams are ranked in the coaches' poll. And, you know, I think they've proven that they're very good teams as well, not just a team with a good record that happens to be ranked at the end of the year. Uh, Wisconsin Lutheran, uh, they beat uh, Pius twice in the regular season. Now, Wabotosi East did beat uh, uh, Wisconsin Lutheran in a non-conference meeting. Um, but, you know, I think, with, with uh, what Wabatosi East played in the greater Metro, I think that that gives them a bit of a, a notch above the rest of the teams. Although, you know, I think it's going to be a battle, obviously, to get to the state tournament with the way that Micaiah Litza is playing for Wabatosi East. I think that gives them a slight advantage. But, you know, when you're talking about a team like Pius, while they've maybe lost to Wisconsin Lutheran or maybe lost a few more games this year, you can never count them out. So, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, Tess Wissick could lead Pius to the state tournament or, you know, maybe maybe a sleeper here with a freshman Rowan Council from Whitefish Bay catapulting them to the state tournament. But it should be very exciting to see who comes out of that sectional because I just think it's it's definitely the most wide open and just high level of, of competition for sure throughout the postseason. It's going it, to it looks like it's going to happen at least. All right. Division two, again, as I mentioned at the start, a lot of eyes on a potential Notre Dame Pewaukee rematch. They've met the last couple of years, uh, not only in the regular season, but also at the state tournament. They met earlier this year, the very first game of the year. What are you taking, Norb? Are you going for the four-peat with Notre Dame, or is this the year Pewaukee gets over the hump? Well, I'm not going to pick against Notre Dame, so I'm, I'm just going to, I guess I'll pick for Notre Dame, just because it's just a team that I just can't, I just can't pick against given what they've done, not just in the regular season, but the postseason at the state tournament. They've had a bit of, uh, you know, Pewaukee's number. Obviously, you know, they did lose that that uh, non-conference game to start the year. They lost a non-conference game to Pewaukee to start last season as well. And, you know, players like Kyle Waldrop, I think, are, are maybe like just the difference makers in a game like that. While I think the guards are fairly similar, you know, uh, it's going to be still obviously tough to to handle Amy Terry. It's going to be tough for Pewaukee at times to handle Krista Fader with the ball, but you know, post play at times is maybe overlooked at the high school game or just in basketball in general. Maybe now everybody likes to play in the wing and wall drop can defend, but also like get some, some of those easy points in the paint. And I think that could be the difference in that, in that uh, rematch. But, you know, I think it could be one heck of a game and would not be shocked at all. If Pewaukee comes out on top, because that's just how good that Pewaukee squad is. You know, Norb, I heard from a, a young fan earlier, uh, a little while ago, that wanted to know why their uncle Norbert wasn't going to pick the Reedsburg Beavers to get to the state tournament. Uh, Kendra wanted to know why you weren't picking Reedsburg. 
well, they're they're not as good as other teams. Is that is that the easiest way to say it? Uh, oh, Norb. <laughs> Sydney Cherney leads the state in points and rebounds. Yeah, what, what, right, what but are, when they play what the are, other what are we, So, okay, not getting the state tournament. What do you think about uh, Reedsburg against West Salem in a regional uh, regional championship game? Assuming both get there, of course. Is that is that a winnable game for Reedsburg? Oh, I think it's definitely a winnable game. I, you know, I think West Salem was probably a better team, but it's definitely a winnable game. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of, you know, Sid's going to put up her numbers. It's a matter of, can they get enough out of other kids to get some upsets? Cause they certainly could upset a team here or there, but I just don't know if they could put that many wins together when you're riding on one player, the way they do. And, you know, that's just the path that they have to do when you have a player like that, maybe not as good of a rest of the team, but you know, that, They've certainly done what they've needed to win games because what they've only lost what four or five games this season. So they're definitely doing things to win games. Oh, there you go, Kendra. That's that's why Norb is picking against your Reedsburg Beavers. All right, Norb, we got one division left. Oh, by the way, I sh- I should uh, mention I did take Notre Dame over Pewaukee in Division Two as well for a championship with McFarland and Whitefish Bay. The other teams getting there. All right, Norb. Moving on to Division One, the last of our previews, the largest division in the fan? state. What's that? I'm saying you're a Cubs fan trying to get council to state tournament. Well, I, I heard she was going to transfer after this year anyway. That's what the councils do. They they head to Chicago. Well, well I guess there's we'll no, see on that note. There's no there's no bitterness about Craig Council leaving the Brewers <laughs> at all amongst us Brewers fans here. Uh, Division one, Norb. Um, you know, Verona's been a highly ranked team all year. Oregon has been ranked very highly. We talked about you know in our seating discussion last week. Arguably the top three teams in the state, Oregon, uh, Verona, and Arrowhead all being in the same sectional, you know, add some some interest, some intrigue, some uh, a different dynamic. Uh, but let's let's go through Division One, and you can start in sectional one, which has its own intrigue, where Hortonville has uh, been a very good team in there. Nina with Ali Zabel looking to get back to the state tournament. You know, a lot of of uh, of interesting storylines in Division One. But let's start in sectional one. Yeah, really, I think it comes down to, you know, Hortonville and Nina. Uh, there are some other teams that maybe could shock shock a few people, but I would probably still say this is probably going to come out of the FBA still, maybe an Oshkosh West or an Appleton North, you know. Uh, but Hortonville, the way they played, uh, you know, they did have some early losses, and that was with when they were playing without Kelly uh, Pepler, who was coming off an, an ACL injury. And, you know, they have lost to Verona. They didn't play very well in the second half of that game. And, you know, that led to a very nice victory for, for Verona. But, you know, I think body work and the depth that they have is the difference between them and, and Nina. Obviously, Ellie Zabel, uh, you know, clear Miss Basketball favorite. Uh, she does things that, you know, most high school kids just aren't going to be able to do, you know, pop, stopping and popping at 25 feet. Uh, not an issue scoring any way she can, you know, whether that's going to the hoop pull-ups, what up what it might be. And she's also very unselfish, but I think for them to get to the state tournament, Nina, that is, she's got to be a little more selfish in the tournament. She's got to, I think she's going to have to put up some big games, especially if they want to beat Hortonville. But, you know, when you beat a team twice in the regular season, you know, it's obviously very difficult to beat a very good team three times. So I think, you know, that certainly helps a little bit for Nina, but that Hortonville depth, uh, Rainey Wilson, who just committed to uh, Maryland, another one not going to Wisconsin, um, you know, I think just what they have going on lately, especially, you know, they battled really hard against uh, Notre Dame just last week when they lost by a few points. 
So I just think that they're just rolling and ready to get back to the state tournament. Now, as we shift here to sectional two, oh, this, this one's a doozy. Uh, the depth is incredible in this sectional. And this is where I guess I'd like, you know, maybe we don't put teams in sectionals until, you know, January or something. You got, uh, you know, what, five, six teams that have been ranked all season in the sectional. Uh, uh, Homestead, who is co-champions of the North Shore, got a five seed. Uh, you know, the loss is obviously hurt there. But, you know, they went on and played good teams. They lost to, to Verona. Uh, they battled against Hortonville. They split against Hartford. Um, you know, definitely a battle-tested team. And then you have, like, the likes of Brookfield East, who has been to the state tournament the last two years. Now, I don't think they're as good as they have been in the past. They did get the one seed, but, you know, Kimberly, I think, is the favorite in this sectional. Uh, again, out of the FBA, a uh, really strong team. It's uh, the depth, again, you know, they got some good freshmen. Uh, but, you know, the depth of some of those other some of those other quality players that they have on that roster, when you're talking about, you know, uh, Reagan Kruger forward for them that just picked up a D1 offer and also. Um, am I spacing on that name? Uh, Caitlin McGinnis, uh, outstanding three point shooter that has improved her all around game as well. She's headed to Belmont uh, Junior for them. And, you know, I just think just the sectional just going to be a gauntlet to get out of, um, you know, it's. Yeah, and you even have DePierre, who, I mean, they, they want to play very good teams. Germantown's in there. So, I mean, the list just goes on and on when you're talking about sectional two as far as having quality teams and, you know, having five or six teams that could legit get to the state tournament. Division one, lots of options, lots of really competitive teams. So what were your predictions of getting out of division one and making it to state and winning ultimately the state championship in division one? Well, we got a couple more sectionals to go here, Travis. Oh, I'm sorry. We did skip some, didn't we? Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, sectional three, as you, as you kind of started, uh, you got Oregon, you got Verona, you got Arrowhead. I think they're the, clearly the three best teams. And, you know, I would be shocked if anyone else came out of the sectional. But, you know, it's going to be a doozy between those three. Oregon getting the one seed certainly helps, you know, that path. Because now uh, Arrowhead and Verona will have to play in a sectional semifinal. And, you know, potentially, of course. Um, and, you know, that could be one heck of a battle. Arrowhead has lost just two in-state games, one to Homestead, the other to Pewaukee this last weekend. And, you know, Verona, while, you know, they don't have a choice on their Big 8 schedule, played everybody in the non-conference. They beat Homestead. They beat Hortonville. They beat, you know, uh, so, uh, several other teams, including Monona Grove, uh, McFarland was facing there for a second. So hey, it's just a, a matter of, you know, who can maybe have a little bit more depth or maybe Seattle follow trouble when you're talking about maybe uh, Verona getting out of there because they're going to need Taylor Stremlo to be a big player. She's a Miss Basketball favorite uh, finalist there. And uh, outstanding point guard, Reagan Briggs can shoot it for them. It's probably a matter of some of those other player, other players in those teams, just like Natalie Cuso. I, she's clearly the best player for Arrowhead, the best player in, in even in the sectional or between her and Stremlo, the best player in the sectional as a whole. And, you know, they will need other players to step up as well, because I think it's going to be a battle. And it's unfortunate that all three of those teams are in the same sectional. And as we shift to the final sectional, sectional four, then you got a sectional that isn't as deep. You know, in years past, maybe, you know, a strong, Oak Creek team, a Milwaukee King team that, uh, you know, is dominant, but we don't have those now. Uh, Muskego is the team to beat, and they uh, finished uh, third, I believe, in the 
the classic eight. Now they're not a bad team by any means. Obviously they won a lot of games, but the level of this sectional compared to the others, it's not even close uh, when it comes to that. And that's where, again, like I mentioned, it'd be nice to maybe move some of those teams around a little bit. So we don't have an overloaded sectional two and a little bit of a weaker sectional four. All right. I think we're done with all the sectionals now, right? Right. Yep. Got all it. right. Now we can get Norb's picks for division one state qualifiers and state champion. Yeah. I'm going to take uh, Hortonville, Kimberly, Verona and Muskego to get there. And I'm picking Verona over Hortonville in the title game. But I do think I, there are several teams that could win a state title this year in division one. I think the field is just that deep. And, you know, some of those sectionals, it's going to be interesting. I took Nina to get there. I really probably should have picked Hortonville. Hortonville's probably the better overall um, team. But I really, it would be unfortunate if Ali Zabel went her whole career and did not yeah. get to a state tournament. And the fans around the state of Wisconsin not getting a chance to see a player of that caliber at the state tournament. I think would be unfortunate as well. Obviously she's going to UConn. She's had an incredible career. They've been very close. They've been one of the better teams in the state during that time and just have not found a way to make it happen. So maybe uh, that's uh, those six teams in division one that would have helped a lot this year. Yeah. Um, so I did take Nina to get there. In fact, I took uh, Nina over Verona in the championship game as well, as well as Kimberly and Muskego making it to the state tournament. Um, I can't remember Norm. Where has Nina the last three years been eliminated? Has it been in sectional play every year? Have they made it to sectional finals even? It was sectional final last year against Hortonville. Okay. Uh, the year before so been... was probably again in a sectional final. I mean, it's they, they get there. Usually it's sectional play, but you know, Hortonville has been a tough one to get past. And last year, I think they – uh, Nina won the conference and then Hortonville got them in the postseason. And maybe they split the regular season meetings last year, but it's, you know, they're, they're getting close. It just Hortonville's depth has been an issue for them. Yeah. Looking back two years ago, Nina did beat Hortonville in a sectional semi, but then Nina got beat uh, pretty handily by Appleton East in uh sectional final. So there's always, always been something, always been another FBA team kind of standing in the way of the Nina Rockets to get. Yeah, to well, and tournament. when Nina beat Hortonville that year, that was a huge upset when they beat Hortonville. If you remember, that was a timeout fiasco where, you know, yeah. Hortonville tried to call a timeout, you know, they called it travel. And then that kind of was the game. Yep. Um, all right. What, uh, what else do we need to cover? What else do we need to talk about in terms of uh, maybe, you know, what's coming up this week in regional play or just in general, as we are, you know, putting the bowl on our girls basketball playoff preview here. Well, there's going to be some really good regional final contests. Obviously, you know, we, we talked about uh, some of those kind of loaded up uh, regional regionals. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, we have Laconia uh, playing Bonduelle, most likely, um, you know, when you have matchups like that in a regional final game, um, definitely makes things way more interesting than uh, maybe you'd like that early, but you know, Get out and watch a game because while, yeah, live streaming is great and all, it's nice to be able to watch teams that are farther away. But to be able to watch games in person, like you talked about, Ali Zabel, um, seeing her play at the state tournament would be great because seeing teams and players in person just it gives you a better understanding of how good they really are. And like 
So if you're don't have any plans this weekend, you know, get out and watch a game, whether it's Friday night, maybe catch one on Saturday as well, because there's just so many outstanding teams and players that are going to be eliminated on Saturday. You know, it's just unfortunate, but uh, we want to get out and support and grow the game and continue to grow it because uh, while numbers at times are, you know, dwindling a little bit, a little bit of a lot of reasons, including, including club volleyball, we need to give out, go out and give support to the girls because, you know, they're working and grinding throughout a, a long basketball season. All right. We're coming to the end. We've only got a couple weeks left in the basketball season. I, I do, I do want to revisit one topic from opening regional games and it'll happen a little bit on Friday as well. And that is, you know, the, the non-competitive nature of some of the contests that we see uh, in general. I mean, we see it in the regular season, but we see it in the playoffs as well. Uh, there were games last night where teams scored a single point and that was an entire, they, they called the game at halftime. There was a game with a two point score by the loser, two other games in single digits. There were 16 games uh, out of 139 where the teams, uh, where the losing team scored under 20 points. This is not anything new. This is not anything even, um, you know, unique to girls basketball, uh, but it is a, I, I think uh, a concern and it kind of goes back maybe to some of those conversations we've had for a long time and continue to have about participation and, you know, the, the gap between the, the good teams and the weaker teams just growing and growing. But, you know, any any thoughts, I guess, any 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 reaction to 71 to one or 75 to one, 86 to two, those those kinds of scores we see early in the playoffs? Well, those are just games that I mean. Do they really even need to be played? I, I'm not saying that team that team that isn't as good shouldn't not get a chance to play a postseason game, but uh, it's it, those are just very difficult games to deal with, especially you know when you're talking about the postseason because uh, they happen in the regular season in some conferences, you know where you're beating. You know, Verona's had it. Uh, Notre Dame's done it. Uh, it's and some of those, it's like what are you supposed to tell your players not to play? And I don't know if it's something where you know some low some of the some teams we got to put them in a new a different tournament so they can uh you know have maybe have a chance to win a game because it's like it, when it comes down to it if you're outside a certain you know uh seed do you really have a chance to get to the state tournament i, I know that we're we want to give everyone the opportunity in basketball but i think the opportunity should be more important to play a team that is that is closer to your skill level than than just going out and getting your doors blown off and and it's not good for either team. And uh, we've seen some programs that have co-opt. You mentioned Argyle and Pecatonica, who both struggled last year, come together, have a good season. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it'll be interesting as well. You know, we have not gotten to that point in basketball yet, but we had a lot of conversations after fall sports with the new WI classification system where teams can request up or down. And then obviously the uh, tournament performance factor points come into play, but you can't go lower than division five. So, you know, some of those games in D five that are blowouts, it's not like uh, those teams can go somewhere else. Right. Um, so it's just uh, in, in a lot of, you know, a lot of the games that we saw like that were in the lower divisions. A, a lot of them were in division five. So yeah, it's uh, I think it's, it, it needs to be something that, that we continue to have discussions about. I, I would never be supportive of, of reducing the playoff field. Um, but 
you know, I don't know what it means. I don't know if, if schools need to consider co-ops as more of a, a reasonable option. There are teams that opt out of the playoffs. Uh, it's it's pretty rare, but we see it in football with Milwaukee South the last few years. Um, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's something to to consider because it's just a if nothing else, it's a tough look. Yeah, for well, some of those seventy and eighty point scores. Right, because you want a better experience for for the teams involved and the players like. And when you have those situations, it's not good for anybody. And but the issue is there's no easy fix to it, as you mentioned. And it, we just like to see, you know, I, you know, some sort of, uh, I guess, I don't know, change necessarily, but like find a way to mitigate that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, you know, they've, they've added the mercy rule. They've added running clock. Um, they've added the ability as happened with the, uh, with the game last night to, you know, coaches to, to end the game essentially at their, you know, at half, excuse me, at halftime. Um, Dan Barwick, our, our friend and contributor at WSN went out to Milwaukee Lutheran. They played Milwaukee Madison and uh, it was 75 to one at halftime and they called the game. Milwaukee Madison, uh, according to Dan, took three shots. They only had five girls on their team. Um, just a, a tough situation all around. So yeah, not, not the things that we want to talk about, not the things that, that we will focus on, you know, in general and going forward, but um it's it's you know a little eye-opening to see some of those scores yeah as norb said we do have uh, some great regional matchups that will take place this week though some very good regional semifinal contests on friday night we've got great regional finals on tap that will happen around the state uh, where we'll have ranked teams playing we'll have you know teams with um you know less than six or seven losses playing against each other regional finals are one of the better atmospheres that you can have in high school basketball. So if you're available in, in a round, make sure you get out and check those out. Norb, uh, you'll continue to have your, your daily or uh, by round picks uh, going out. Um, have you, have you added up? Have you counted up how you did in, uh, in the Tuesday games yet? I haven't added them up, but I did get a couple of my 13 seeds, right? So, you know, it's always nice to see those ones, but you know, that Milwaukee and uh, the Milwaukee area sectionals are usually the ones that have the most, uh, um, you know, I guess seed surprises, but, um, those that follow the game know that those aren't really upsets. They're just, they're just how the computer is going to pull them together. Um, but I, I, I did fairly well that opening round. All right. Well, what else do we have, uh, to look forward to, uh, this week as we are, uh, you know, wrapping up regional play and then moving into sectionals next week. Yeah, there, there'll be, you know, some more, some more of those picks. I still have, uh, have to get out the division one preview, but you know, just, just stay on with sports. Cause we're going to have something, whether it's, you know, even just updating some of those single game scoring leaders, cause they're very popular there and just, you know, making sure to, to note some of those big performances as well. And, you know, so uh, again, make sure to be to, uh, coming into with daily, or maybe hourly when it comes to uh, playoff time. All right. Uh, let's remind everybody out there one more time as we travel to these regional games and, and soon voice basketball playoffs as well. Let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, we appreciate you tuning in to this special girls basketball playoff preview edition of the WSN podcast. We'll have a boys basketball playoff preview edition of the podcast next week with Mark Miller. So make sure you're tuning in there on your podcast platform of choice. For Norbert Durst, I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.